Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. God, we got to talk. What a game. What a win. Title Town USA. I mean, can you talk enough about Jordan Love and that performance? So, okay, a couple of things. One, and hey, welcome. It's uh, the Tuesday edition of the All City, All NFL podcast. Brian Baldinger. Baldy! I'm Anthony Gargano, cuz. And uh, we got to talk about this game. This game was a, a wild, but. Let's go back a couple weeks on this very program where I asked Baldy, give me the team in the NFC that has the ability to come from nowhere right now. Team we're not looking at. Team we're not thinking. We all know about the Niners. We know about the Eagles. We know about the Cowboys, even the Lions. But is there somebody else? And you said? Green Bay? Yeah. Yep. Because uh, I believe in the quarterback, number one. And then um, I believe in their defense. Because I thought their defense was playing a lot better. Joe Barry's the defensive coordinator. I thought they were playing really good in the defensive line. And I thought they, they, on the back end, even though they had a lot of injuries, all the guys, Jonathan Owens, all these different guys that were playing, they were playing good football. Yep. And I thought they could keep the score down. Rashawn Gary is a beast. Like, Kenny Clark's always been good. Um, Lucas Van Ness, they drafted. There's a role for like they They've just been drafting good players. And it's now a good organization, man. Huh? And it's a good organization. And you know what? LaFleur's a good coach. He's a good coach. Yeah, he's a good coach because I feel like um, I feel like there's enough innovation in what they have. I think there's a precision to how offense has to be run to be good. Yeah. And I think it's there. So the demands on, you know, whether it's practice, paying attention, this is how it has to be done. It's all that. And then there's one thing. There's one thing about this team, and I, I I made a note of it. Right, like this team can find tight ends. Like I was friends with Rich McGeorge, back with Bart Starr. Like this team always has tight ends. They've got three rookie tight ends on this team. They've got Musgrave. Yeah, who's hurt by the way? Who's a stud? They've got Kraft. Who came out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, okay? And they got this kid. They, he's a free agent. He caught a touchdown yesterday. The first touchdown in the game was caught by a kid named Ben Sims. Sims, yeah. He's from Baylor. Yeah. He, he, was, uh, he was signed as a free agent, I forget by who, cut. Green Bay picked him up because injuries, they, they activated him. I'm like, they, they've got three rookie tight ends have all caught touchdown passes this year. They can always find Kraft. I mean, Kraft came in. He was like against the Lions in that game. Yeah, talk so, Kraft. So, so let's talk about first. Let's talk about Jordan Love. Yeah. All right, because I, I love them coming in this year. You know, we were talking about. I, I love Jordan Love. I was like watching him last year and those little parts. And he looked like Rodgers. He looked like a guy that had sat and watched Iron Rodgers in every movie made. And then he started out, he had the first couple good, good games, yeah. and then there was a bit of a funk. Yeah, had some trouble. What, what's the difference from that point to how he's playing now? I think he's, I think, A, he, he's being protected better. Yeah. Okay, Zach Tom has really locked down the right tackle job. Um, John Runyon's playing really good football right now. Josh Myers at center. Like, I feel like they've got Elton Jenkins at left guard. Um, I feel like the line's better. I feel like he's gotten more time with these young receivers, Dontavious Wicks, Jaden Reed, um, more time with Watson. Watson was hurt for a good chunk. Yes. And they got hurt again last night. But but he came back. Romeo Dobbs just become is sort of the guy. Um, and so I feel like that's a big part of it is the timing. 
more time with these young guys. Um, and, I, you know, they're one of these teams I feel like they learn from their losses. Yes, that's very good. They yeah. learn from their losses. And then I think defensively, uh, they're, they're playing much better football. They're not they – get, the score is never getting away from them. Right. And so now they're, they're in these games because the defense allows them to stay in the games. So I was curious about what we saw out of Love because he was fantastic. There was a couple times when uh, – listen, that KC defense is no joke. No. They're and really good. They really are. They we know about they challenge Chris Jones and that the line the secondary is ridiculous. We've talked about them a lot on the show. But there's a play where Chris Jones, who's so great, and John Runyon Jr. playing such great football, but Chris Jones beats him. Mm-hmm. Right? Like as well, fast he, as anybody could beat anybody. Did you remember that play? Yes. He beats him. Yep. And Jordan Love doesn't flinch. He gets rid of the football. Yeah. Well, I have a play. I have a play. Uh, it just shows you the the trust that Jordan Love has in some of these receivers. Like, there's a play right here. All right, let's go to the tape. Let's just go. So, Dontavious Wicks is going to come in motion. All right, and it's going to be a three receiver set to the wide side of the field. You can see that they're all stacked, and it's going to be Watson, Dobbs, and and Wicks. Okay, and on the play. Jordan Love has got Chris Jones coming right at him. This is a different play than what you're talking about. And he releases this ball because he has to. When Romeo Dobbs is at the 34-yard line, and Dobbs is going to track the ball, and he's going to catch it Look at, at that throw. 14. My God, look at that throw, Bobby! But look at this. Like, this, the ability to stay in here, and, you know, it's one thing to say the guy has, you know, he's calm. He's under control. He's got poise. You got Chris Jones barreling right down Lombardi Avenue at you here. And he makes this throw off his back foot because he has to. And he puts a bunch of air under it. Look at the location. Oh, my God. Look at this ball. Like, Justin Reed is coming to blow this up. Oh, my God. It falls right in place. What a throw. It's an amazing throw. Go back to go back to the present. Look at what he sees. Go back to what he's in. Look, look at this. This is outrageous because he's Chris Jones bearing him. He's got to give his receiver time to get down the field, right? But here's the thing. Like he's got Wicks. He here. waits till last second. He's got Wicks right here in the flat. Like there's a there's the play right yeah. there at the forty. You can make that throw all day long. Yeah. You can make that throw. But Corners he turned. Yeah. Waits. And he knows that Watson is going to widen that corner here. Yeah. So he's going to so he's going to open up the window a little bit right yeah. here. Yeah. He knows so that's that. That's what he sees. He's he knows Watson's taking two with him. So that's what he sees. Now the corner does a good job. I think that's Legere Snead coming, uh, coming back. back and just tracking the ball. But the belief in that throw is something else. And he and he waits the last possible moment before he gets blown up by well, Chris Jones. But like he's reading like it's one thing. Chris Jones coming at you. It's another thing to just ignore him here. Yeah. And be concentrating. You can see Dobbs yeah. at the top of the picture. Yeah. Okay? Like, he's running against Drew Tranquil. He's running with him down the field. And now he knows that Watson's taking this, uh, the seven cut, and he's got a chance. Oh, my God. This play is unbelievable. That's just absurd. But you can see, play. like, the frustration by Legereus Sneed right yeah. there. Yeah. Like, Trent McDuffie, they're like, Oh my gosh! Well, because they had to defend it. They had to defend it exactly the way you're supposed to defend that ball. <clears throat> yeah, it's just a, an amazing offensive play. It's amazing quarterback play. Look yeah. at like I, I I just one more time if you don't mind. I just can't get enough of this play. I mean, just look at him. I mean, that's off a back foot. It's, and oh, by the way, this is fourth and one. <laughs> yeah. For, this isn't like fourth and one. You're like, just give me a yard. Let's, well, well, it like goes back to your point that you got Wicks right here for the first down. You got the four. There's the first down. You can easily make that throw. You got a window to throw it to right yeah. there. Like quarterback, quarterback you know, turn. He's playing off. Yeah. He's playing zone right here. You can make that throw right here to Wicks for the first down. But he's he's taking the shot, the shot throw, and he's just getting completely annihilated by Chris Jones. Mm. And he's still like that's the mark of a good arm. Is can you get hit, and like he does, sandwich right here, and the ball still goes where you want it to go. Wow, that's incredible! And the belief, like, because he knows he's not even looking at the other corner because he knows that 
Watson's taking him. So yeah. there's going to be a window to throw to. It's unbelievable. So let me read you a quote. Yeah, let me hear it. All right. Here, here it is. Uh, Who's this quote from? This is from one Steve Spagnuolo. Okay. All right, Coach Spags. What did Spags say? All right, who was on the other side. He said, he's the real deal. Now, I thought that going into the game, but poised and confident, exclamation mark. They checked a lot at the line of scrimmage, and he controlled it, and he did an amazing job. This is the best I've seen. So we checked a lot the line of scrimmage. I, I think it's the best I think I've seen anybody throw against this Chiefs defense all year. Like it was, it was. Like, you know, you look at these, like these numbers in this game. Like he's, he's 25 of 36 for 267. <laughs> no mistakes, no fumbles, no interceptions, no balls like dropped interceptions. I no. mean, just a clean, clean game. Got the ball to nine different receivers. Well, let's talk about – I'm curious. I want you to talk about this offense, this Packer offense that is just ridiculous. I know we have another play that you've, uh, that you've drummed, that you drummed up. Well, I just want to show you um, – so every passing game, if it's going to be good and you're going to beat this Chiefs defense, Chiefs are sitting here in a two-high shell. So it's, it's, it's cover two more or less. And, you know, you got your corners down low, Legereus and Trent McDuffie, and they're going to run 16-yard comebacks right here. And when I say precision, watch Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson both stop at 16. Like, they're right on it, right in front of the safeties, and now they're coming back to the ball, and Watson just fires it to Watson. Mm. Like, precision. Like, makes exactly how like you, that's another place defended correctly. Totally defended correctly. Like, Brian Cook is sitting right on top of this, all right? Because he's, he's got to respect Watson's speed here in case he goes deep on him. Right, so he's turning to run, and now when Watson stops, Cook stops, and there's five yards of separation, and the ball's right there. Oh, oh that's beautiful. One, one more time, just to, just to watch. And yet this young group of receivers mm -hmm. has you excited because, look, to execute all route running, like you talk about precision, and then he's got the gun, like we just said, just fire. But you think about, you know, wide receivers, like all position groups. You, you come into a meeting room every day. You got your, you know, you got your installation. You got your plays. You got what you're going to go through for practice. You watch practice tape, whatever it is. Like in that room, it's Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jaden Reed, Dontavious Wicks. Like nobody's 24 years old. You know what I mean? Like they don't have that veteran guy. You know that a lot of teams have that they feel like they need. This is just kids that are learning the game with a young quarterback. With a quarterback. And they're growing together, and you go, you know, the Packers, they just are, they're a lot different than other organizations. Obviously, you know, they're owned by, they don't have, like, an owner or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, stockholders, yeah. All that. But, like, I believe they've gone from Star to Favre to Rodgers to Love. Like, you're talking about six decades. <laughs> six decades. Because I think Jordan is the guy. Yeah. He, the way that he's playing. It's, it's. We're going to go back to coaching, too. Like, look at the great coaches that they have had uh, with Holmgren. And, and you go, oh, obviously, Lombardi. But you, you got Holmgren. McCarthy was there for a while. I, 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 listen, I think you they probably— He did. He did. Have no one offensive football. But LaFleur, I, I love what they're doing offensively. And, yeah, I mean, to your point, having that young position, again, look at the tight ends. The tight ends are young. They're all rookies. So you have nobody, like no veteran source right there. That's incredible. Well, but you think about all the teams, you know, and they're not, you know, far, remember like when Aaron Rodgers left. Like he, he had a problem for a couple of years about free agency, you know, letting guys go too soon. You know, you got to like, and so like Green Bay is, you know, I think they, they, you know, Brian Gutekinds, you know, the general manager, um, Mark Murphy, the president, like these guys go, we're not overspending. We're not overspending for somebody else's player. We're going to draft and we're going to develop. And there is, they developed, you know, they drafted Devontae Adams. They, you know, they, <clears throat> they drafted all these receivers and developed them for, for a long time. You know, and now you've know you got this next wave of receivers. You know what's interesting is that those guys, particularly those two, they took a ton of heat from Rodgers and when Rodgers left. Yes. And it's interesting, and it's a great lesson 
we talk about great players, and great players just can't be GMs, right? LeBron James, not to cross sports, but it's the same situation. LeBron James put together the Lakers, and he put together a disaster, <laughs> yeah. right? Like getting guys he likes, the whole thing. Well, what did Aaron Rodgers do with the Jets? Look at what he saddled. Yeah, like, and Joe it. Douglas goes, all right, listen, you want to come here. You want to bring your people. And look what he brought. And meanwhile, the, the, the best receiver on the field for the Jets the other day, not to get too off the tangent, was Xavier Gibson, who's a free agent yeah. out of Stephen F. Austin, made two of the biggest I mean, I catches. love Garrett Wilson. but I do, yeah, too. But, yeah. I mean, Garrett didn't make these big catches yeah. the other day. But, you know, they, they're playing Xavier Gibson. Uh, rookie free agent out of Stephen F. Austin, and I, the kids are punt return, their kickoff return. Like he would fit in with what these guys are doing in Green Bay. This Jaden Reed has been unbelievable. I know he's been like that all year. They, they and they run him in all kinds of stuff. I, 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 I'm with you, and it's interesting because Rodgers and I listen. I mean, I'm a Rodgers fan, uh, but last year he had an issue working with the young players. Look at this draft. I know we love to do drafts. Yeah. Lucas Van Ness had a sack. He was the first-round pick in yep. Iowa. He had a sack yesterday. He has a role. Uh, Luke Musgrave has been their number one tight end. He's hurt And right he's now. a player, too. Jaden Reed has, has been awesome. He was a second-round pick out of Michigan State. Tucker Kraft, starting tight end. Okay? You look at uh, Dontavious Wicks, who was a fifth-round pick out of Virginia. Like, he's making these plays. You just keep going. The last two weeks, Carl Brooks, against the Lions. Carl Brooks against the Lions. Yeah. You know, caused a fumble, recovered a fumble. How about Valentin Carrington? All right? Um, like, I mean, Carrington Valentine. Like, he's the one that made that play at the end. Um, you know, probably pass interference, but he made the, yeah. All these guys I, are on the I field. I think it was. But, but, but they're all on the field. No, that's amazing. That's a, dra that's a great draft. I mean, these kids are contributing. Week 13, they're 6-6. Six and six. They're in the playoff hunt. And every one of those kids. I mean, front office and, and coaching staff. I got to give them tons of credit. I, I really do. They have that team playing really, really well. And like you like said, teams, they're a sleeper. I like teams that draft and develop players. Yeah. They just have that ability to get them on the field, coach them up, not going to overcoach them, going to let them play, let them play fast. You don't have to give them the whole, you know, playbook. Like, just find out what they can do. Let's, let's put them in a role. They don't have to learn every position. Let's get them on the field and let's let them play. All right, so now let's look at, conversely, the Chiefs. Mm -hmm. Speaking of receivers, now, again, uh, we got – there's issues. I, I feel for Patrick Mahomes because he has just gotten snaked it all year long. Like, we talked about the Eagles-Chiefs game yesterday and the drops that they incurred. I mean, he literally only – all they, he always got is Kelsey. I like Rice, too. I think Rice is a player. But other than that, oh, my God. Then nobody makes a play for him. You got a play that illustrates this. Well, I mean, this play right here. This Go to the tape, Andrew. So, in this play – Rishi Rice and Sky Moore up at the top. And they're going to run this uh, route combination. Oh, hold on a second. Uh, let me uh, back this up. Let me back this up again. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. That's the interference. Yeah, well. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here we go. All right, so up at the top, we got Rishi Rice and we got Sky Moore. All right, and they're going to run like what we call like it's a man, man coverage. It's a little switch route right here. Mm -hmm. Sky Moore's going outside. Now, you would like, ideally, you would like that corner to get rubbed right here. But he does. He plays right. over the top. He's playing off. So it's not really a, the best route and the best route combination against that look, man coverage, with the inside defender who's Keyshawn Nixon is off. But regardless, Mahomes has thrown it to a spot. And when Sky Moore comes out of this break, like he's looking back at the ball and he's slowing down. But Keyshawn Nixon, like the ball's in the air. Keyshawn Nixon, he's like, it's my ball. Yeah, I'm like, going I'm after. I'm not slowing down. Yeah. I don't care about the receiver. I'm going to go play the ball. And so Sky Moore never gets to the ball. And Keyshawn Nixon intercepts it. Now, the interception's on Mahomes. It always is. It's always on the quarterback. But if I'm Mahomes, I'm like, dude, run. Like, I'm throwing this thing. And go you get the ball. Like, don't go looking back for the ball. Just take off and go. And don't let Keyshawn Nixon get it. You got to go fight for that ball. Come on. Like, you got to attack that ball. Attack it. But, but look, I'm not here to, to kill Sky Moore. He, he, they threw to him twice yesterday. He caught one pass or five That's yards. That's an issue, though. Ball. But, but, like, you, you see this. Like, what should Mahomes trust? You can't throw 
every ball off schedule the way he seems to do. Sometimes you just got to drop your, you know, take your step and make the throw. Like, he doesn't do this enough the way Jordan Love is doing. Like, he's, but at some point, Mahomes got to trust his receiver's going to be at that spot. Well, that's, well, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, it's about trust, right? Like, who do you trust other than Rice? Because I saw him do that with Rice a couple times. Mm -hmm. Other than Rice, who do you trust? You got Kadarius, Tony, Valdez, Scantling. I mean, who's on? We talked about more. Justin Watson. Who do you trust other than Kelsey and a little bit of Rice? You know, like, they, there, there's not enough. There's not enough right now. And that's why they're struggling. Now, I will say this. Nobody's had the hard luck like the, like the, this, like Patrick Mahomes, because he makes a play at the end of that game. Yeah. Where that throw, like he he's moving to his left, right? He's got man, he sees man coverage, and then he just uncorks a beautiful it's throw. to 19. There's 50 seconds to go in the game. On it's first and ten at midfield, and you got this Andrew to Marcus Valdez Scantling. Like, and here's this kid, Valentine, right here. I don't know. He's draped all over him. The back judge is right there. Like, everybody's talking about it. They showed it eight times on TV yesterday. Yeah, it's been all over the place. So, uh, you know, I mean, everybody's seen it. But but look at the throw. Look at the throw. Like, he's moving, and he sees it. And look at his throw by Mahomes. He's just giving his receiver a complete chance. I mean, I don't know, like, what they're not. I don't know how they could call interference on some of the calls. It's such a judgment. Yeah, but that was like he was wearing the, Remember the shroud of ago, Turin. You could review pass interference. Yeah. And then they, they did it for a year. It was a disaster. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you reviewed this, you'd go, come on. Chiefs got the ball down 24-19 you, yeah, at the four-yard line. Yeah. You know, 27-19, right? 24-19. Right at that point, right. Yeah, 24-19. But you have to give him the chance you got to give Nick Krizigo don't get the field. Like, you got to give him a chance in that spot. Like, that's pass interference. That's what the, the rule. Listen, I think they call too many PIs to begin with. Yeah. We talked about that on the Thursday night game last week, Dallas-Seattle. But on this play, I mean, I mean it's, it's going to be a 46-yard penalty. I mean, look at it. I mean, you, you. I don't know. Like, Marcus Valdez-Scantling, first of all, you got to fight for that, too. I mean, you got to get up and complain like crazy. Yeah. Mahomes is, like, running down the field at him. Yeah, he, like can't, he, he can't believe can't it. Believe it. Nobody can believe it. Like, they didn't How call How does him. he not call that fly? Like, he's, he's, uh, he might as well be a, a cape on his back. Yeah, right. I mean, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's what pass interference is for. Yeah. Let, let me ask you a question off of that real quick. Uh, should they adopt the college rule? Of 15 yards this way, but, but it's well, not such a game-changing type of situation. Well, here's the thing with it: like this play, if he doesn't interfere, it's a touchdown. Yeah. I mean, if, if Marcus Valdez Scantling catches it, like uh, that's the definition line, of pass interference, right there. But that, that's why it can't be just 15. Because if it's just 15, I'm tackling him. Yeah. I'll take the 15-yard penalty. Yeah. And I'll save the touchdown. Yeah. Because if so, I think that's. The difference. They just have much better athletes in the yeah. NFL than in college. And so if you say, okay, if I'm beat on a double move, like, I'm I'll, just go, I'll just yeah. go tackle the guy. Yeah. I'll save the touchdown. Yeah. I'll take the 15-yard penalty. Yeah, it's so hard to score. We see about red zone and the whole thing. That's the problem yeah. with the penalty. Yeah. Because if I'm a DB and I'm beat, I'll just take the penalty. It's a do you go back to do you go back to to reviewing it? Yeah. Well, and then it's just these these games they have to fit in these three hours and six minute windows, they just do. They just. But why? Why? We all love it. I, here's what I never understood. Right? Football ratings are through the roof. Everybody in America loves the NFL, college football, whole thing. Why are you trying to speed it up and fit it in a window when, who cares? The audience is with you for four hours. Yeah. Well, especially on a Sunday night. They're not going anywhere where you rush to watch your local news. I don't know. I did a game two weeks ago with the Eagles and Buffalo. The game went all the way into the 4 o'clock window. Like, nobody was leaving that, that Eagles That Sunday Buffalo night game. game, yeah, yeah. The Sunday afternoon game Yeah. Uh, at the link two weeks ago. Yeah, it, it was going at 8. It was at the, the, the game finished in overtime at yeah. like 8.07. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I don't understand. Like, who cares? Like, people are watching it. So what, what does it matter? I, don't, I just don't even understand that yeah. because everybody loves it. All right, so th does the lack of receivers for Kansas City, how hard is it for them? You know, is that, is that ultimately 
going to stop them? I so I like like Pacheco had a great game. Yeah. Like I sometimes Andy think, stayed with the run. I sometimes think if Kansas City just wanted to be a power football team, like I know we all know Andy. We know what he wants to do. He wants to come out of the tunnel throwing it. And you got Mahomes. Like you'd be foolish not to. But man, they're good at power. Like this Pacheco is good. He breaks a lot of tackles. Uh, you, when you look in Green Bay's also not good against the run. They're, it's not their strongest point. But like they're inside. Like these, Trey Smith and Creed Humphrey and. You know, you look at their interior right here. Uh, Joe Tooney, like, they're good. They're good run blockers. Um, tight ends block good. Blake Bell, whoever they have there. Like, they could be a power run team. I mean, Pacheco had, he averaged over six yards of carry in this game. And then I just I actually like, thought, I thought you know, Andy called a good game. Quarter, you think about the second quarter, I mean, the second half of the Super Bowl game. I mean, they ran the ball right down the Eagles' throats. You know, we talked to Andy, and Andy was like, well, Mahomes' was, ankle was re-injured. We didn't know how mobile he was going to be. Or, and, you know, they took control of the game running it. And I feel like sometimes they should probably lean on that more. I actually thought last night, I thought Andy stayed with it. He did. I he, he stayed he with ran, it. He, they, they called a good really game. Good. You know, I thought he called it. When you see that, and again, and, and if that pass interference is called, it's a different game. Might be. Might you be know? a different result. But the lead of this show today was about the Packers and how the Packers are just one of these teams. You said it. They're to watch out for, and then they're the team of the future. Well, they got a lot of guys back, like Darnell Savage is back at safety uh, last night. Um, uh, Devondre Campbell is back at linebacker. Aaron Jones still out. He's still out. Okay, but they're winning games without these guys. Yeah. But, you know, Rashawn Gary is, is, is a monster. Oh, He's a he monster. had a great game Kenny last Clark night. Clark is a yeah. monster. Yeah. Like, these guys – they, they get a lot of attention. Preston Smith is a very good player. Lucas Van Ness. Yeah. Like, they have they have so many good players at key spots right now. Um, and they're, you know, they're not giving up the big plays. Yep. All right. From the good and the future to the has-been, are we talking about the Patriots as the has-beens? Mm. I got to ask you. I mean, first of all, it was a driving rainstorm. It was 6 nothing. Yes. I, I understand how ugly it can be in Foxborough, but only the football was uglier than the weather. <laughs> well, it's been like that all year. I mean, they're just, you know, they thought when Billy O'Brien came, came back to be the offense coordinator, they thought that was the missing piece. They, they're juggling these two quarterbacks, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. They're not accurate throws. All right. Um, they don't have receivers that can beat man coverage. Um, and if they do, it's 50-50 whether the quarterback can get them the ball. They don't have an explosive element to their offense. And they lose Ramondre Stevenson, who's their really only weapon early in that game he's yesterday. A he's a good player, although he's way down from a year ago where he led the team in rushing and receiving a year ago. Um, the tight ends are invisible. They've always had tight ends. Forget about Gronk. They always had Ben Watson. I mean, you go through the history of the, the, the tight ends that he's had. They don't have a tight end that's, you know, they've got Kosicki. He's not. No. He's just, you know, he, he, like there's just not a lot there. Hunter Henry has, I don't know what happened to him. Like he was a true Y, and he had some good moments there in New England. But they're, uh, and so right now the offense, like there's, they literally, sometimes when I watch an offense, I just watch how deep the safeties line up. Are the safeties at 14 yards deep or the safeties at 10 and cheating? You watch these teams play the Patriots, like the Giants. Like, their safeties are like, I'll go make the play in the run game. I don't care. I'm not, they're not throwing the ball down the field. Like, they don't feel threatened. Where do you see Pittsburgh? Because Pittsburgh has them Thursday coming off the loss with the Steel how the Steelers are going to play. That Patriots team on Thursday night. Wow. Yeah. They're gonna they're, you want to talk about Both suffocating sides. them. Yeah. They're gonna suffocate them defensively. Yeah. Well, it, the game's gonna look like it's gonna be I, I know it's not, but it's gonna it's gonna look like it's being played in a mud puddle yeah. on Thursday between the way these offenses are playing right now. So here's my question. All right, and we all know Belichick belongs well, HOF. I mean, you know, he's next to you know, Lombardi, Lombardi and him, Parcells, Andy Reid, like all these great, great coaches. But the question I got to ask is, is this his time up? I mean, is that just... Well, they're asking the same questions up there. 
I, I would say that it's not up. I would say that, like, Bill has got total control. You know, maybe Bill Belichick, the general manager, needs to find a general manager. You know, I mean, you look at what Chris Greer's doing in, in Miami right now with what they've assembled, and they look like they're, they play in two different leagues when you watch Miami play offensive football and you watch the Patriots play football. Like, they need to go acquire game-changing type players, and they got to find a quarterback that can play at this level that you got to play at. Otherwise, you're just an also-ran in this league, and you just get run out of your gym. You know, and so you, they've got to – I don't believe they have the quarterback. I don't believe they have the system. And they don't have the players around the quarterback. And people say, well, could Mac Jones be Brock Purdy? No, he can't. He's not, he's not accurate like Brock Purdy. Well, if you gave him Kyle Shanahan and all the weapons, Mac Jones could be Brock Purdy. I'm like, I don't see it. Like, I, I, I can't say something that hasn't happened. It's just, you know, what, what if – but I don't see the accuracy from Mac Jones. I also don't or see just him the, stand just the, the, the whole feel of the game. I don't think I don't see him stand tall either. I, I don't see him and face a pressure. Purdy grows right, like, and I don't see Mac Jones doing that. Here's my other issue. You brought up something we were talking before the show, like we always do, and I I, I want to bring this up. You brought up the study of movement. Yeah. And you know what happens in in motion, right? With when it comes to seeing motion and and today's game and how coaches like Mike McDaniel how they think the game, right? Because they're thinking in terms of of motion and what how the defense reacts to it to then go and attack them with it. When you watch the Patriots, it's like watching 1982. You might as well have the receivers line up in a three-point stance. You know, like Johnny Unite is throwing to, you know, Raymond Berry. Um, but, uh, I mean, I'm not going that far back. But, you know, the, when you talk to some of these, the really bright minds right now, and how they manipulate defenses, okay, and they can get, they anticipate and predict at a very high level that this motion, this shift, this movement, this formation is going to dictate this defensive look, and this is the, how they're going to shift and play this particular movement. And then once they see that, and once they anticipate that, and they know they're right, now you counter it. Now you get them going one way and you come back the other way. And you get a misdirection. And you get this uh, play action movement. And all of this, and a lot of it is, it's, it's like a game of three card Monty. And the defense really doesn't know where the ball is at. I saw <clears throat> big time Cliff Kingsbury did it at Texas Tech in college with Mahomes and others. I saw at the college game a great deal, but I see uh, even a higher level of it right now with what Miami is doing, what San Francisco is doing. You, know, you brought up yesterday when it came to Shanahan, it, the play with Kittle, uh, it, like you knew, he knew that the Eagles were going to react defensively a certain way. They were going to run with the three deep, the verticals and that Hassan Reddick would probably settle his feet like he's getting blocked by Kittle, and you just want him to freeze for a moment and then leak Kittle out. And next thing you know, he's running 33 yards down the field untouched. Like, he got the movement and the – he got the Eagles to move the way he anticipated that they were going to move. Like, they – it's like, um, you know, if you, if you take an IQ test, one of the – one of the, the tests is spatial uh, relationships. So what it is is – you take a snapshot of a picture, close your eyes, you juggle everything around, can you put that same picture back where it was? You know, and, uh, and I think these guys think in three-dimensional like that, like holograms. Wow, that's brilliant. I, I love that analogy, too. And see, here, here's one of the things when it comes to the Patriots is, I, I, I mean, obviously Belichick knows the game. And obviously, he knows what great football and great players look like. Why does he have trouble? Now, again, he's a defensive guy. But why does he have trouble, A, finding talent when he knows what good talent looks like, and B, 
knowing what good offense of today. Like, he was always ahead of the game from a, a – he was the first guy to use guys as jackknives, right, all over the mm -hmm. field, yeah. right? Like, I mean, he was so innovative. Do you just lose your innovation? Or, like, offensively, he's got to know that he's projecting like an antiquated offense. Well, I just think that they're just missing uh, on a lot of these. You know, like they drafted Cole Strange in the first round at UT, you know, Tennessee, Chattanooga. Yeah. Like, I, when I watched him play. Aptly like, named compared for the pick. Well, it, it was a strange pick. Like, because he wasn't, like, if you're going to draft a guard in the first round, it, it better look like Zach Martin. Yeah. You know, you better look like, yeah. like you are, you move big bodies, you don't get beat. Like, you, your footwork, your power, it's just, you know, the Cowboys drafted Tyler Smith. Tackle to Tulsa, he's their guard. Like, he changes the game. Landon Dickerson changes the game. Like, you're going to draft somebody in the first round at that position, which is, you don't get a lot of guards drafted in the first round. Like, they better change the game. You better be able to go up against Jalen Carter and just eliminate them, make them disappear. That's not how. Cole Strange didn't play like that at Tennessee Chattanooga at that level. Like, he, you know, if you... You come out of that level of college, and I'm not belittling that. I mean, T.O. is from T uh, Tennessee Chattanooga. I'm not belittling any of that level. But you better dominate that level when you come out of there. You better be the best player on the field every single Saturday. And while he played hard, and you like the way he finished his blocks and stuff, I didn't see a first-round talent. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, from the Patriots – to the Miami Dolphins in the AFC in the AFC East, who are innovative, who are you were just talking about it. You were there in Washington and you saw the Dolphins once again throw up a 40 burger. And uh, you had an interesting uh, pregame chat with Tyreek Hill. I talked to Tyreek, you know, and uh, you know, I've built a relationship with them over the years. So, you know, he's been in and out of the lineup. You know, he's been banged up. I, don't, I never talk to players about injuries. Um, they don't want to talk about it, so I, don't, I never bring him up. But I just said, dude, are you going to get 2,000 this year? Because Calvin Johnson's got the record of, record of like 1,960 yards. He's way over the pace of it. He goes, I don't know. I want it. He goes, but I don't know if I'm going to be healthy enough to get there. You know? And so the third play of the game, he's in the slot. And, uh, you know, they, they motion out so that they, this rookie corner – Quan Martin is covering him, and the safety is on the other hash. And I'm, I'm looking at this play going, they're going to throw a deep fade right here to Tyreek on the third play of the game. Third play of the game went 78 yards. And I go, how can you be in man coverage with a rookie corner? How can you – and no safety help. Like, you're not clouding him. Like, it's just not smart football. But teams don't play smart football. Tua makes you pay. And, you know, the, the question of Tua last year, as good as he was, was this health. You know, two or three concussions, depending on, you know. This year, he's barely been touched because he gets rid of the ball so quickly. And even on that throw, like, he made the throw. Literally, Tyreek wasn't 10 yards down the field. He already made the throw. And he let Ty Tyreek go get it. And so, you look at there, and yesterday, Devon uh, Achan played. This kid is a blur, man. Oh, Texas A&M. Like, they got, you know, so if you look at Achan, yeah, who was hurt, and, and when Mostert went crazy well, with all the he, touchdowns. Yeah, but he had over 100 yards yesterday, yeah. and he was averaging over 11 yards a carry. Oh, he's in. just he, – Like, he, they, can't, they couldn't tackle him. Like, he's, he breaks tackles. He's explosive. And then you, you add in – He's like Waddle, your boy Keaton Mitchell. A little bit like that. Um, but, like, he's a little bit like um, – You know, but you got Waddle, and you've got Tyreek, and Braxton Berrios – you know, it was a good punt returner. Take one to the house anytime, and then you get Achan and you get Mostert. Like they've just got so much speed on the on the field, and that was like, you know, back when Jimmy Johnson took over the Cowboys, like that was his thing. Like he wanted speed. Like that that's he he knew defensively. Like that's how you cover up your mistakes. Like speed is like the uh, the deodorant for anything that isn't right with your team. And then if you get a creative coach like Mike McDaniel. And a quarterback who's as accurate as Tua, he doesn't have to have Josh Allen's arm. He doesn't need it. Like, throw these intermediate routes and hit these guys in stride and let them run. So, you know, we're looking at the top two offenses in football right now, Dallas and Miami. They both put up 45 points this week. And San Fran. And San Fran. Like, these teams are putting up 40s. Like, 30s not enough anymore. 
And then by you know Miami defense, they you know look Sam Howell's a, a, a nice player, but you know they you know they get the pick six from Andrew Van Ginkle early in the game. It's seventeen nothing. They weren't out of the first quarter yet. So uh, this is interesting because you look at Miami and you go subtly balance of power in the AFC. I think you got to go Miami one. Well, Miami and Baltimore is a really good team. Like they would. But losing Andrews, I still look. They're great. I just still like if Andrews was healthy, I go wow. Those two together. I mean, you might be right about that. Like I don't, I don't see like maybe the receivers can pick it up. Uh, We love Zay. Zay, we love, and you know maybe Bateman and these guys can can pick it up. Um, I don't know that Lamar is going to have the trust and the confidence that he had in Andrews in a tight spot. Or in a red zone, we got to score. Like he knew he had his guy, so we got to see who else picks it up. They, they had a bye week this week, but I think you know I think it's shaping up though. We'll see what Jacksonville does tonight, but Miami is going to be a tough out because I think that you know they went in a terrible weather yesterday. It was a it was you know wet all day yesterday. It was uh, foggy. All these conditions that you you could get if you got to travel in the playoffs. And if you got to go to Baltimore, it's bad weather, whatever. Um, like their ball handling was like spot on. You know, I thought of right away, especially after the third play. I thought of Del Rio, and he's yeah, going. Yeah. All right. Oh yeah, yeah I'm the, it's my fault. Yeah, yeah. No, you like they're just undermanned. You know, I I, I talked I mean, to you. you know. How you spell Del Rio? Yeah. Remember that quote? No. It's Del Rio. All right, I got it. Del Rio. How do you spell Del Rio? All right. You got to get this, Andrew. How do you spell Del Rio? Look it up in a dictionary, Rock. Get the, get the clip from the movie. All right? When Gazzo tells Rocky to look it up in a dictionary. How do you spell Del Rio? Okay. All right. Good reference, man. Yeah, I'm sure Jack was sitting on his couch yesterday going, all right, you think I'm the problem? Third play. I mean, Third play, 78 yards. Yeah, well. In fact, yeah. the, she's one of the uh, commentators for the, the commanders, right, Julie Donaldson. She's, she's, she's very, very good. So she had me on her pregame show. So she said, what do you think is going to be different this week? I go, well, you can't play the Dolphins and man coverage like you, without clouding these corners. Like, it's just you, you can't let them do that against these receivers. And I said, I don't think they'll do that. Third play. And safety's on the other side of the field. Here goes, man. How does that happen? Like, how do you do? Oh, my God, you're playing that team. They're so nasty. Like, you have to, you, you can't, you, you know, it's, you'll give them all the 15-yard comebacks you want. Yeah. Like, just don't give them 78 yards over the top. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. All right, uh, coming up, our final, uh, our usual snapshot, final segment, is going to be our weekly snapshot of the NFC and the NFC play playoff race. We'll look at the schedules of Dallas, Philadelphia, who both play each other this coming Sunday night, San Francisco, and Detroit mm-hmm. as the race for the one seed heats up. All right, time now to go over the schedules. There's that number one overall seed that is just everything. It's such an advantage mm-hmm. by getting that number one seed. Well, first of all, you only have to play two games at home. And if you win both, you're in the Super Bowl. So it's a two-game season, not a three-game season like anybody else. So let's go through it. The quest for the number one overall seed. Eagles still had the best record mm-hmm. in the NFC, 10-2. and two. We know that this is the big matchup, right? They're at Dallas Sunday night, mm-hmm. and that's just huge, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Then from Dallas, the gauntlet still continues. Yep, you got to go to Seattle. So, I mean, you're coming off of it. Dallas, Kansas City, Buffalo, mm-hmm. San Francisco, at Dallas, at Seattle. So that's a, a stretch. That's just a wicked stretch. Now, you end it, the Giants on Christmas Day. Mm-hmm. Arizona mm-hmm. at, home, at home and then at the Giants. Now, normally you'd say, well, you know, when you got to face two division te- teams and three, the opponents in three weeks, it's t- but the Giants are just bad. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I don't okay, do you see them scaring the Eagles no, at all? No, not at all. Like, I mean, especially if they need they, the game, especially if they need the game. Like, you know, you might have that game, they might have it all sewed up, 
by the time you get to week 18 at the Giants where they're just resting people or having the decision to rest. But if they have to go play the Giants, you know, and there's, you know, they're sitting there at 13 and 3 and they go to go play the Giants and I don't know, San Francisco's 13 and 3 and they're getting ready for the Rams and they need to win the game, then you go up to Turnpike to win the game. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't see anything less than 13 wins for the Eagles. I don't either. Right? All right, so Dallas has their opportunity, right? Like, this is a monster opportunity. Obviously, if they beat the Eagles, they would both be 10-3. and three. And then, here's what Dallas has, though. We want to talk about the Eagles gauntlet. The Cowboys gauntlet is coming up. It's just getting, they're in the middle of it. At Buffalo. So then they got to go from cozy Jerry Jones world to nasty Buffalo in December, mm -hmm. and they're going to be desperate because Buffalo still still is in the hunt for the playoffs, mm -hmm. and they got to win. They're going to get their best shot. They'll get their best shot from Buffalo. Then from Buffalo to Miami, and that secondary gets another test yep. in Miami, which is such a difficult trip at Buffalo in crazy, sure, cold weather down to Miami. Yeah. No, it's a, it's – like, they, you know, it's a different type of team, you know, different uh, offense to prepare for. So it's, uh, it's, it's quite the challenge. And then they come home to play the Lions and then end it in Washington. Mm -hmm. That's tough. That's a, good, that's a good stretch. Like, they'll be challenged. Yeah. All right, so you got to give the edge. Even if the Eagles lose to Dallas, mm -hmm. I still think schedule-wise the Eagles have the edge. Well, I think if, if, if Philly loses to Dallas on this Sunday – both teams will be 10-3, and three, and the Eagles have the easier schedule remaining. Yeah. Not that the Cowboys can't win out either. They certainly can the way they're playing. But the, the schedule to get there, to, to win out, is easier for the Eagles than it is the Cowboys. All right, let's look at the Lions, yeah. because the Lions may have the easiest schedule out there. Now, the Lions, 9-3, uh, come back, and, and they, they jumped uh, all over the Orleans yeah. on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, at Chicago this week. Okay. Chicago's playing much better football, and they've got 10 days to get ready. Denver at home. Okay. Denver let one slip away yesterday. They had a chance to win that at the end. At Minnesota, so you give another division rival. And Minnesota's not an easy... Defensively, they're playing good football. Yeah, right. They'll challenge them. Then at Dallas, so then they got to go play the Cowboys in Big D. And then home against Minnesota. So you got the same scenario as the Eagles where you get two division. Yep. You, you get a division opponent twice Week in 16, three weeks. 18. Yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, so they, they've got their work out for them. You know? So 93, what are you thinking? Uh, what do you see? Well, I mean, I think no less right now than 12. Than 12. 12 and 5 would be, I think, the minimum. Yeah. But 12 and 5 isn't going to be the number one seed. No, you got to get to 13, I think, to get the number one seed. Okay. All right, so now let's look at San Francisco. And now San Francisco, after the win against the Eagles, may have the best shot at the number one overall seed. They have. Well, they, first of all, they got any tie, you know, tie advantage over both Dallas or Philly. Right, because they, they end beat up the them same both. Record. They yeah. beat them both. So they got Seattle, who they drubbed on Thanksgiving night. I'll be out. There. I'll be out there Sunday. Oh, you'll be there. Yeah, I'll be out there for that one. So we'll see if they can, you know. But you know, uh, but the, the Seattle always they'll they'll play them tough, but they should they should be able to take care of business. At Arizona. Okay. Now Arizona was able to beat Dallas. Uh, I don't see this. I don't see this Arizona. I don't, I don't see that Arizona team. Like I, I see San Francisco um, saying, "No way, Kyler Murray is going to beat us, and that defense is going to beat us." Then you got Baltimore, right? At so they're, uh, like that's going to be a unbelievable game. That's a Christmas Day game. It might be. You know, there was a Super Bowl once when it was San Francisco and Baltimore. Wow. It could be. The lights might have went out. The lights went out that day in New Orleans. Like, this could— Flacco, I mean, you can, Kaepernick, Flacco's still playing. If both teams are taking care of business at that point, it could be a prelude to the Super Bowl. It could be. That's a, that's a great game. Then they go at Washington mm -hmm. and then finish the year back at home— Against the Rams. Against the Rams. Wow, man, I don't see a lot of losses there. Well, Baltimore maybe, the way Baltimore's playing, but I don't, I don't see anybody else. I don't know. We'll see what Baltimore's record is then. I think they'll be favorite in every game, which doesn't mean anything. But I think they'll be favorite in every game. I mean, I I I feel like the worst it could be is thirteen and four. Yeah, 
And then you look at the Eagles. I think the Eagles are kind of trending toward at least 13. Can they get to 14? The Eagles, they were 14-3 and three last year with Hurts sitting out the last two weeks. They were 14-3. and three. They lost to Dallas with Gardner Minshew. <clears throat> so, like, they, they could have a repeat 14-3 and three if they went out. But I don't, I don't see them worse than 13-4 and four right now. Yeah, because they could they could lose one game if they only lose one the rest of the way, they're fourteen and three. Fourteen should be a lock to win it, mm-hmm. unless again San Francisco runs the table. Yeah, but if they if they get to thirteen, if they fall to thirteen and four, yeah. they probably don't deserve the number one seed. No, yeah. you know they, they, they that will have two more losses the rest of the way. Yeah, interesting. That schedule. Yeah, that, uh, Detroit has an outside chance, and I don't think Dallas has a shot. Just because of nature of their schedule. Mm, I don't know the way they're playing offensively, man. I mean, they're, they're they're scoring more than any other team in this league right now. They can outscore you even if the defense struggles. Way it it, it, it can, but offensively, I mean, they're going to be they're going to be favored in all these games. Uh, at Buffalo at Miami, they're not favored nope. at Miami. Uh, they might be favored at Miami. They might be. Wow. Yeah. I would take my. I, I I'll take the over in the game right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, you got that right. Oh, man, it's going to be great. Anyway, yeah. there's your NFC snapshot for the number one overall seed. You can just put that, like, you know, gold bar that they're all fighting for. Let's, let's save that page. Let's just see how it turns out, you know, th- three weeks, four weeks, five weeks from now. Who do you got, Detroit? Uh, Detroit, I'm going to say 12 and 5. 12 and 5, I would agree. Dallas, what do you say, Dallas? I, I'm going to say, I, I think Dallas can finish 13-4. and four. Really? I'll, I'll say 12-5. and five. You say 13-4, okay. and four, I'm going to say 12-5. and five. Right. There you go. There it is. That's our uh, NFC East. Well, I, mean, it's, I mean, the NFC Conference. Uh, wow, that's going to be awesome. It's a great football. What a finish. Yeah. NFL's- we, we got so many great games coming down the stretch yeah. that you have to pay attention to, just like yesterday. You know, it's going to be it's, – uh, it's another good season. It's rapidly approaching, but – you know, these games are all played on different days now. We got Christmas Eve, Christmas. A couple Day. like doubleheader Mondays. Yeah, we That's got Saturdays different. games. You we know. had a Monday night flex. How about it? The Eagles yes. and Seattle's a Monday night flex. Yeah, uh, it's, that's tough to make kind of changes to do that. I know. If you're a fan. All right, uh, don't forget every day. It's the all it's the all city all NFL podcast. Hit that subscribe button, yeah. man, because then you don't miss a show. You want to make sure that you're watching us every week, every day. Tell all your friends. Monday, your Tuesday, Wednesday, too. Thursday, Friday. <laughs> you're a Niner fan. Tell an Eagle fan. I mean, listen, that's how it works. We talk football because we love football. That's it. Just that's like all. you guys. All right. So thanks for hanging, and we'll see you tomorrow. Silly like the mayor.